Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Jibber Jabber with JPJ. Devin and Jilly, what's going on? It has been a while since the three of us have been in the same room with one another. What's new? Finished a five day bender in Nashville, and I a had a five day, day bender? this morning. Yeah, I, I was celebrating two 21st birthdays with my college and high school friends, respectively. So oh, I'm exhausted. And actually, John uh, forgot to pick me up at the airport this morning. So I was just <laughs> going at BWI for an hour and a half. I so told you how you. many things I had going on. You told me that you wanted to, you told me like two weeks ago. How am I supposed to remember? You didn't text well, here, me yesterday. I know I know you have to go to the airport tomorrow. So how about I don't drop you off and forget? And then, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Figure it out. Are you serious? Get an Uber. Are you go- well, John? You're going to LA tomorrow. Yeah, I have to wake up in eight hours. It's eight o'clock. Well, I have to wake up in eight in less than eight hours. I have to wake up, and I'm not going to fall asleep for at least another like three feel hours. Bad for you. I don't feel bad for you. I was out at the bars last night and I didn't sleep and I had a 3 a.m. flight. Oh, so. whose fault is that? But now I'm, I'm getting recovered and I'm back on track. So it was a good, it was a good break. It was a good break. Well, I'm well, also having a great time. Uh, <laughs> I'm in LA oh, where JPJ is coming. Oh. Yeah. We're in the city of angels. I think that's what it's called, right? Yeah, it is the yeah, city of angels. And we're gonna grab lunch sometime. Yeah, week. we are. It's gonna be super Sunday. Nice. Sunday would be more preferable, by do the way. Sunday I, brunch. It's so LA. I have to get the call list for Friday. Yeah, that's you're an I'm actor. Friday, I Saturday. Get it. That's that's what I'm supposed to shoot. I don't know. I don't have a lot of time. I'd love to go <laughs> we're on not Friday, worthy. but I'm just not sure if that's possible. No, I'm just pulling your <laughs> leg. We're not worthy to talk to an actor of your status. I'll tell you who you're not worthy to talk to who none of us are worthy to talk to. It's our guest, Devin. She's a two-time Olympian with two medals. In 2012, she became the first African-American woman to swim in an Olympic final for the United States. And she's the second African-American woman to ever qualify for the United States swim team. I really hope that you enjoy listening to our conversation with the very talented and dynamic Leah Neal. Leah, hello. It is an honor and a privilege to see you again, Leah. Thank you so much for joining Jibber Jabber with Devin and myself. It's been a little bit over a year since the last time we talked. We covered a little bit of your journey as an Olympian the last time we spoke, and I would like to cover your swim journey a little bit more fully first, Leah. Uh, But before we get to that, I just need to get this off my chest because I haven't stopped thinking about this since Monday. I always get really into the Olympics every four years, and it always gives me something to look forward to because it lasts for 17 days. It really elevates my mood, and I feel as though the games really bring the country together. But 
this is the first week that the Olympics are over, and I'm really sad about it. I've been struggling with <laughs> what I'm going to do with the rest of my life after five o'clock now that they're over. In my opinion, it's the most exciting time in sports, period. Uh, but I'm just a dude who gets excited to sit on the couch and open up a bag of Doritos to watch a bunch of people put their life's work <laughs> on the line for the world to see. And I just can't imagine what athletes must be feeling the week after the Olympics, like after your Olympic journey, were you as sad as I was right, right in this moment? Or was, was it a relief? I, I can imagine, you know, there's so much, there's so much emotions that go into the whole thing. It, it has to be somewhat of a relief and relaxing to be done with all of that. Well, this was my first, uh, like summer, not like competing in the Olympics, like for the first time in like nine years, I guess. <clears throat> so I was definitely with you. Like I was like sitting on the couch, eating ice cream, watching everyone do really impressive things. And I was just like, I was like, I wouldn't trade this for anything, honestly. <laughs> like, no way. Can, That's so interesting. Yeah. Like they can represent the country and have like the burden of an entire country, like weighing on their shoulders. It's fine. I'm watching from the couch. Um, but when I was in it, it's actually funny. I've never gone to an opening or closing ceremony um, I couldn't go to opening no ceremonies. No way. Are you serious? Why? Yeah, I couldn't go to opening ceremonies because swimming, like my event especially, um, was the first day. Like, so swimming is like one of the first events. And uh, the first event of the first day was my my event, the 400 Freestyle uh, Relay. And like opening ceremonies is just like eight hours of just walking and standing around. So it's really tiring. It's like super cool, but like, also um, takes a lot out of you. So a lot of the swimmers end up not going since a lot of people have to swim the next like couple of days. Um, no, no kidding. I was completely unaware. I feel like that's one of the, uh, aside from the events that you compete in, I feel like that's one of the most, one of the most climactic moments of the whole Olympics is that yeah. opening ceremony. Yeah, for sure. If I could have, I definitely would have done it. Um, that being said, my, I think this is my literal biggest regret. Like in 2012 was, um, not staying for the entirety of the Olympics and just like, cause oh. team USA were pushed out of the, um, the building, like our dorms, no. um, because did we have the, so many athletes coming in. Yeah. Did you so miss I, the closing, did you miss the closing ceremony? Yeah. So oh, I no. left beforehand. No. I, I love that closing ceremony. I remember that. I remember that. I was working. I remember exactly what I was doing. I was a junior in high school. I was working at a bar and the closing ceremony was on. And that was <laughs> the first time I heard the Rockefeller Skank by Fat Boy Slim because they, they, did, they did a dance to that in the closing ceremony. And I, uh -huh. I remember that. I remember in that moment thinking there's probably no greater feeling in the world than be, you know, being one of the dancers dancing to that song or being an Olympian in that moment. Gosh, I can't believe you missed it. That's <laughs> such a bummer. I know. I definitely, like, looking retrospectively, I could have stayed with my parents who were, like, staying, obviously, outside, like, of the village, like, in another part of London. But mm. I don't know. I just wasn't thinking rationally. Um, it's a big regret of mine because I missed watching uh, One Direction and, uh, like, more importantly, Spice Girls live. Like, no! That's I remember that. That's right. I remember that. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, I don't know. I just wasn't thinking. I was like, oh, that's fine. I'll just go to the next one. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just go oh to the next gosh. Olympic and, ceremony. And you did. Yeah. And you did go. And you did go to the next Olympics. Like, I did go to the next Olympics and once gosh, again did not insane. go to the opening oh or my, closing ceremony. Oh, oh my man. God. <laughs> Wait. Okay. I have a question about like the free swag that you get from the Olympics. Like, wh what are we working with? Do you get like t shirts, towels? Yeah, it's pretty Water amazing. Um, I think that's like one of the highlights of the Olympics, <laughs> if you would ask like anyone. Um, no because we have Nike, who like is partners with Team USA. So that's what like everyone is wearing, like on the podium, like walking around the village. And then like of each sport, you'll have like your um, corresponding uh, sponsor. So in 2012, it was Speedo, I'm pretty sure. And then in 2016, it was arena. So like when you're 
like on the pool deck, you have to wear Speedo or Arena. But when you're just like walking around the village, especially when you're featured on the podium, you have to be, and walking out to your event, you have to be wearing the Nike gear that they gave you. Wait, wait, 2012, um, 2012 was the year they had those reflective uh, yeah. jackets, right? Did you, did you ever wear that outside of <laughs> the medal ceremony? Or was, it, um, was that just like an Olympic thing? I guess I, no, I only wore it. I know that's uh, a crazy thing. Like you get that, that was so like the, much. That, yeah, yeah, that you was so like, much gear, but you never really wear it. Like outside oh, of those two man. weeks. Oh, you don't feel like that's kind of a flex to be like, oh yeah, look at this reflective jacket. None of you guys have this. <laughs> no, yeah, it was definitely very cool. We got a lot of shoes. Um, what else did we? Oh, and then um, I always get Tommy Hilfiger. No, it was Ralph Lauren who yeah, does the definitely opening Ra- definitely closing. Ralph Lauren, yeah. Yeah, Ralph Lauren does the opening closing ceremony outfits. Oh, cool. So cool. <laughs> but Leah, before any of the Olympics, before that was even on your mind, you started competitively swimming when you were eight, correct? Yeah, yeah. I took lessons starting at six and then did that for two years and then could start competing at eight. But that's just crazy. Think about that for a sec. Five years after you started swimming <laughs> competitively, you swim in your first Olympic trials. How, how does that work? Like, is it is it typical for a 13-year-old to swim at the Olympic trials? Yeah, I, 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 yeah I've never thought of it that way. I guess yeah, that is pretty crazy. Um, yeah, it is. I was like one of like four 13-year-olds who were there. So the yeah, other like ones... most girls get their period at 13 and like you were <laughs> in the Olympics. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like TMI. I think I uh, was at trials before I got my period. <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh, no way. Oh my gosh. Oh, my God. But like you, I, I, I have a very general understanding of the amount of training volume that you have to do. Like, I know the ratio of the amount that you swim is really high relative to the amount that you actually race, but was, was your training volume pretty high from the ages of eight to 13? Like how, how much would you swim on any given day between the ages of eight and 13? Yeah. From eight till 11 or 12, it was probably like all pretty much like the same. I don't remember the yardage. It wasn't like too, too crazy or anything, Mm. but my, the coach that I had from the ages of 12 to 15 was really like high endurance. Like every, he had like, um, he was like notorious for like having really long, um, workouts. Um, how, how long? Oh, they like averaged on like eight to 10 K like a practice. 10 K. Yeah. Yeah. 10,000 10, kilometers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wait, I didn't start really like seriously running until I was like 15. Okay. I mean, that was just running like a six mile run felt like an eternity when I was 15 and you were swimming a 10 K when you were 12. That takes several hours. Leah, as a child, I mean, you're a baby when you're doing this practically. How do you not get bored while you're doing that? I got, uh, I mean, I remember doing 5k road races when I was 12 and you know, that's only 3.1 miles for running. That only took 23 minutes, but it felt like <laughs> it, it felt like forever. I mean, how did, how did you keep your mind occupied while you're in the water day after day doing that? I mean, did you get bored as a kid swimming I, 8k swimming for yeah, three I hours? Think, Is that allowed? When you're younger, you just don't know any better and you just do whatever gets thrown at you. Like every time I like age up or like go into a new part of my life, I look back on my previous part that I was just done with. And I'm like, how did I do that? Like, I I would never do that again. (laughs) But when I was there doing it, I didn't like, I didn't have a choice as far as I was concerned and all my teammates were doing it. So it's just like, well, like, I guess we're doing it. And there would be times where it would just be like so long and monotonous. Like my, like, I remember like my body would just kind of go on autopilot. Like my arms would just like move and like, I'm just like out, it's an outer body experience. (laughs) Like I'm not even like aware. Yeah. It's just, 
I guess to that level. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I didn't really experience what you were just describing until like last year. I mean, that's a pretty young age to kind of have that sort of out of body experience. And when I was, you know, competitively running in high school, I remember people would talk about that, but I never had that experience, but that's young. My gosh. Yeah. And, and to have, to have gone to, okay. It's a, it, I consider it uh, as m- many people do, but I don't think a lot of people understand the gravity and just the work that it takes just to get to the Olympic trials. I mean, that is a serious life accomplishment. And you did that. Wait, how do, how does recruiting work for the Olympics? Like, how do they find you? Oh, so, um, there's an Olympic trials and like, in order to make the Olympic trials before the Olympic team, you have to make the trials cut. So you can make that like, as long as it's within the year, um, like, uh, until trials and then at trials, they take the top two fastest, like usually of each individual event or top six in the relays. And that's where you, like, you only have one shot to make it like it's at trials. So you probably have to swim like a certain time, like both beneath a certain time in order to qualify for the trials at at an official meet, right? Is that how it works? That would be the Olympic trials cut that you have to make sure that you swim either at or like faster than in order to make the team or in order to make the qualifying meet. And then at the qualifying meet, that's where it becomes more of a, like, get your hand on the wall first or second or on relays top six to make Uh, the team. Man. Yeah. So because of that, yeah. Olympic trials is way more stressful than the actual Olympics. The actual Olympics. Yes. Like you can ask anyone that. (laughs) What? Yeah. Because how does that make any sense? Because the U.S. obviously is like one of the fastest like Mm. swimming countries. So you're already competing against the best in the world for like a very like set amount of like slots to make the team in. Um, And you only have one shot to make it. So it's a lot of pressure. Um, And then once you make it, you make it. And then you're just like, woo, I'm at the Olympic party. (laughs) So wait, wait, Leah. And that's interesting. I remember you talking about that. You, 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 I think in another podcast, you talked about the, the pressure at the Olympic trials and that you also elaborated that you tried to not allow your nervousness to get the best of you. Do you recall what thoughts that you were actively using to combat your nervousness and to sort of get you in a position where you were able to race confidently? Yeah. Um... What were you thinking to combat the anxiety. What, what, what was your yeah, process? Take us back you, to the moment. It, well, well, everyone's anxious, you know, these days, mm-hmm. and or at least people are are talking about it and being forthright about it. And so, what what were what were the thoughts that you used in your uh, yeah. toolbox to com- to combat what was seemingly you know anxiety trying to undermine your performance? Yeah, um, that's actually a really interesting comparison that you make it to, like between handling your anxiety like on a very like elite athletic stage and how you could use that um practice like in just everyday life um basically like what it came down to was just taking it one step at a time and not looking at it too big picture because um going into 2012 uh I was swimming in the 200 freestyle the 100 freestyle and the 50 freestyle and of the three events, the 200 free was the event that I had the best shot at making the team in. Uh, um, that also happened to be my first event. Mm. And, um, it's just kind of like, no, like everyone completely bombs their first event because they really? let their, their nerves get the best of them at trials. Um, mm. because the atmosphere, it's like the number of spectators at trials is, I don't know, like, uh, I don't know. You need to fact check this. Maybe it's like 14,000 or something, oh, is which is, four, is like 13,090 more than the number of spectators <laughs> that show up at a normal, wow. <laughs> like during the year. Oh my uh, gosh. And yeah. So you have like all eyes on you and it's like yeah. all dark, like really intense. They have like a pyrotechnic, like show alongside yeah. the pool. Um, and you know, like, the people next to you are fighting for the same thing that you are. So it's just like a very intense atmosphere. Um, so going into, uh, I mean, even I was feeling nervous in 2008 and I had no shot in making the team. <laughs> back then. 
Well, I can't um, imagine. I mean, that just seems too young to be competing for Olympic <laughs> period. Like you were in middle school and you were at the Olympic trials. You still had really? a year left. You still had the rest of eighth grade to complete while you were at that trials. I mean, gosh, I was still trying to figure out what sport I was going to play in high school while you were competing for the Olympic trials. I mean, you were just so far away ahead of everyone else. That's just insane. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Did you go to normal school while this was happening or were you homeschooled? Yeah, I went to normal school. <laughs> Wait, so when you had like swimming in gym class, were people like, oh, great. Like <laughs> Leah's here. Here we go. Um, in high school, I was, I was part of um, our team or from seventh grade on. I was part of our like varsity team. And I also had like a couple teammates who starting on my club team who also went to the same school as I did. Um, so we were classmates and teammates and there was like, we did, I forgot. I think we did have to do gym and gym. We didn't have swimming for gym back then. Um, uh, but eventually we ended up, no, I think we had to do gym that whole time, but we did have like some set, um, swim, like high school swim team practices that like everyone had to do. And, my, our high school coach who was also like our history teacher was like oh that's obviously <laughs> oh. that's fine I know you guys are training outside of school <laughs> and then but then it was the other coaches from other schools who noticed that we weren't like swimming <laughs> doing the practices um so they were giving us a hard time and, the, and oh then I God. think we ended up having to what? compromise and be like okay like just show up to like one practice a week or something that's no insane. way so wait, so wait, Leah, real quick, just just because I, you know, I want to acquire this information for myself and for the audience. So, just is is there a tech going back to the pressure? Is is there a is there a thought oh, yeah, yeah, process? Yeah. Is there is there an image that you just think over and over in your head as you're feeling this anxiousness kind of weigh on you? Yeah, yeah, uh, yes, I did realize that we went on a tangent there. Oh, all, good. Yes. all good, all <laughs> good. All good, but everybody everybody experiences anxiousness in mm-hmm. some aspect of their life, and uh, yeah, we're, we're we're just curious to know what what did Leah Neal do before <laughs> the four by one hundred meter relay race? Or no, you didn't do a it. Was just a hundred free when you're competing at trials. But gotcha. um, so what yeah, were you so think? The, yeah. So the two hundred free was like my favorite event. Um, and I completely bombed. I added three seconds, which didn't even give me a second swim. You're supposed to do prelims, semifinals, and finals. I didn't make semifinals. Um, I had a moment. I cried. I was with my best friend, like in the bathroom afterwards, just like crying because I was like, I missed my chance at making the Olympic team. Uh-huh. And, and like, so I had my moment and like was still crying, uh, warming down. Um, but I, there was just like a switch that I made. Like, I had my moment. Yes, like, feel sad like you need to like release that anyway and it's a lot built up just at trials in general so like just finding any release is good and then um i had a switch where this was back when like the honey badger video was like oh yeah (laughs) so i like all of a sudden like i just thought of like honey badger don't care honey badger don't give a shit and and this is also when i was like tweeting like i haven't tweeted in a while but i like took to twitter and this is like my first time ever being like vulnerable or anything. So I, I just tweeted exactly the honey badger quote. And I was like, <laughs> well, what's done is done like onto the next one. And I think like also putting that out there, like 
putting it down on like pen to paper, like fingers to keyboard, whatever, and like publishing it onto the internet. I was like, okay, like I press sent, like now it's time to just refocus on the hundred, the 200's done. Yes. I've already like my chance is gone in that, but I still have two other um, chances to make the team in or two other events to make the team in. So um, just refocused and uh, knew now not to let my nerves get the best of me because I already got my nerves out of the way with that fir- the like first race jitters um, and just decided to take it one session at a time. So at prelims, um, my only goal was to make top 16 uh, to make the semifinal. Um, so that was all I was looking at. I wasn't looking at making the Olympic team because that's what I was thinking of in the 200 and that was just like overwhelming. Gotcha. It was just um, this next race. I'm just yeah. going to live in it. Yeah. And then at semifinals, um, my only goal was to make top eight to make finals. Um, I came in exactly eighth. <laughs> nice. Man. <laughs> Had a bit of a heart attack. That's and then uh, um, at finals, my only goal was to beat two people to make top six. Um, and and that's just basically like out touching the people to the right and to the left of you. And I ended up coming in fourth and I was like, that surpassed my expectations. So. Oh That's man! Incredible. So 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 before the so there's a moment I understand before every swim race it's just totally quiet. You know the announcer says on your mark and there's just a quiet moment. What what are the thoughts that you're having to work in your favor to propel you through? You know the best outcome for this race. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp is an outstanding resource that I rely on when I run into a rut in my life. The therapist is able to give me an objective perspective on what's causing me to miss my goals. And the best part about this service is that I get to talk to my therapist in the comfort of my home while I'm still in my pajamas. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. There is a broad range of expertise available which may not be locally available in many areas. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com JPJ, that's Better H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Jibber Jabber with JPJ listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com JPJ. For that hundred free specifically, like at finals, it was just literally just like beat two people. All I have to do is just beat two people. Um, and I knew like in order to do something I've never just done before, people. which was make the Olympic team, I had to do something I've never done before. So usually I go out with people or like I kind of like trail behind them a little bit and then I run them down like coming home. Oh. But I knew like if everyone's fast, like these are the fastest people in the world. Like I wouldn't be able to run them down like very easily. So I had to go out fast and come back and hold on or come back faster. Um, Mm. so that, that's a bit now looking back, that's a bit of a risk to take, (laughs) like totally changing your race plan, um, at Olympic trials in the finals, but, um, it paid off because I, there was literally like no other, like, way I could have swum that. Like I had to go out fast in order to make the team. Interesting. Cool. And much more simple than I, I would have imagined. It was just beat two people. That's it. Just beat two did people. Did you ever have like the specific people in mind? Cause when I did competitive dance, I was like, I'm going to beat Haley. Beat <laughs> Haley. That's who I'm going to crush. It's always a Haley. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> always a Haley. Um, I, Maybe at the time, like, there are, like, some either people who are seated higher going into trials or, like, the top seats or something. Like, so you have your eye out for them. Um, But it's also good to, like, never rely on other people because you never know, like, the kind of meat that they're going to have. Like, so, Mm. and this is just something that I, it's easier said than done. I was very much, like, 
uh, aware of everyone else. Or especially as I got older, I was very aware of like where other people were. But um, if I could give anyone like a piece of advice, it would literally to be like stay in your own lane. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. And so you 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 were you were only seventeen at your first Olympics, right? Mm-hmm. So you had a whole other year of high school left. So after the competition, you, you'd been an Olympic medalist and you still had a whole year left of high school. Like, were you, A, did that boost you, you know, totally elevate your confidence? And B, were you just thinking, yeah, you're like, clearly better just, than everyone in high school. <laughs> yeah. yeah were, you, were, like, were you just, were you just thinking like, oh my gosh, why do I have to compete against these chums? Um, I don't think I like, I definitely didn't feel different at all. Um, I, my team, I mean, my school is just like smaller. Um, so it was super cute. Like having the lower school girls, like ask for my autograph. And so it's like, we go to no the same way. school. That's like you don't awesome. need to do all that. <laughs> that's, that's so <laughs> um, awesome. But yeah, it was very sweet. Like the homecoming that I had, um, did, did from my draw- school and team. Did you draw a, a larger like swim meet attendance as a result of your Olympic performance? Because I know that like for cross country and track, I mean, gosh, n- only the families of the people would show up and maybe a few friends here and there. And I, I, I would think swimming is more or less, you know, similar to that. But mm-hmm. I mean, you were an Olympian. I mean, you were an Olympic medalist in high school. I mean, that must have drawn some people out to your swim meets. Uh, may, yeah, maybe there were more than like years past. I don't really remember though, but, uh, um, wait, I, yeah, maybe <laughs> like at our championship meet, like that was always like a pretty big spectacle, I guess. But I think my last year was probably like really exciting. I don't know. I, it was so long yeah. ago now. High school was so yeah. long ago. <laughs> wait, did you write your college essay on being an Olympic medalist? Um, okay, one thing you'll learn about me, I have the worst memory. What did I even... <laughs> it happens when I you think... get older. I don't remember what I did three weeks ago. What You're was not old, JPJ. JPJ I... thinks he's an old man. We, Leah, we're the same age. We are old. We are above <laughs> oh 25. My God. We're more than a quarter century old on this planet. I keep... I, I'm trying to... Because uh, I just know that every... It happens the same thing every year. Like the age that I'm in, I feel old. And then immediately when I age up, I'm like, I was so young back then. <laughs> so I'm just trying to be in that um, headspace. Did you get swimmer's ear a lot? Uh, when I was younger. And um, that also happens when you like switch pools. Like when you're swimming in a new pool, like you're more susceptible to like getting an ear infection. But when I was younger, I used to wear earplugs a lot. Whoa. And going off of um, swimmer's ear, did you ever pee in the pool during a competition <laughs> or practice? Um, well, <laughs> peeing during a race would be so impressive. <laughs> I actually, like, could not. I physically couldn't. And it wasn't until, like, 2015, maybe. It was, like, my first time peeing in a pool. Because <laughs> no I literally way. had no choice. Because, like, we had, like, the... The, our like tech suits, like our racing yeah. suits. So it's such an ordeal to like take off and stuff. Oh man. Yeah. Whenever my body just goes into a body of water, I just have to pee in it. And I don't know why, <laughs> but Marking I mean, I shouldn't have publicized that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Devin's never coming over to my pool. <laughs> but Leah, after having competed in the Olympics at 17, um, you still had your whole college career ahead of you and division one sports ain't no joke. I mean, I know there's a lot of pressure to perform in order to maintain your scholarship, which I'm sure you had going to Stanford. Did competing at the Olympics just sort of level out the pressure that you probably would have felt had you not competed in the Olympics? Um, I don't think, or no, I don't think it really, did anything like too different. I don't think anything could have prepared me for like being a student athlete, um, in college. It was just like such a like learning curve. Uh, freshman year, I was exhausted like the entire year. (laughs) Really? Um, yeah. And, but I was also super lucky, um, to have been on multiple like junior national teams, um, just like throughout the years. 
uh, because a lot of my friends and like teammates from those teams were swimming at Stanford and studying at Stanford. So I already knew like a good group of girls like going into school. But like, were you carrying, you know, the pressure around with you everywhere that, I mean, the pressure had to have been taken off as a result of competing at the highest possible level. Am I right? Um, yeah, I definitely, there was, um, or like, are you saying like pressure in terms of like making an Olympics again, or just pressure from like representing your college? Yeah. Pressure just from representing your college meeting, you know, the threshold that you need to meet in order to maintain your scholarship. I mean, Mm -hmm. did you feel any pressure at all at athletically as a result of being a division one athlete? Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, no, I guess is the short answer of it. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's a. I feel like that's a huge luxury to be a D one athlete and to just kind of know I got like, this. Yeah, I've been, I'm the, fine. I've been in the Olympics. Like I can just. Uh, I think I was. I was just like literally too exhausted and busy to even think about like pressure. Mm. If that makes sense. No, I totally get it. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. But then you went to another Olympics while you were in college and you won the silver medal when you were 21, right? You, you had to have been mm-hmm. 21. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, this is, the, I think the four by 100 meter relay is an interesting event because the United States just can't seem, can't seem to like, get the gold. Like, <laughs> like, no, but hey, I, I, I don't mean to undermine what you did at all. And I, I yeah, apologize yeah, yeah. if that was at all disrespectful. No, no, but it's no, just, it seems like no, swimming. Just funny. It's, it just seems like, you know, the United States is so dominant in every event, but like the four by one, that's a tough event. I mean, what, I what is it? What is it? What is it that makes uh, the U.S. Like, not clench the gold for that? I know. I guess like, if we knew the answer to that, we <laughs> wouldn't be okay. in this position. But I think it is crazy. Like we're so dominant, like you said, and everything else except the hundred free, like, like my time from, 2016 could have made it, I think, this year. Um, and I don't know, like, wow. I've asked like coaches too, like, for example, I remember vividly at World Championships in Kazan, Russia. This was like 2018, I think. And the Australian girls, like, my Australian friends were just splitting insane times on the relays and in their individual events. And I was asking, I was like, what, literally, what are they doing? Like, how are they moving through the water so quickly and efficiently? Yeah. And I don't know, the coaches, like, obviously, obviously they don't, they couldn't come up with like a quick answer. They're just like, I don't know. They just have like the ultimate like power to, uh, I forgot what they said, like power to like weight ratio or something like a very like interesting. Um, but yeah, I, but I also think that like, it's really, it's more of a focus in other countries to work on technique. Um, so I feel like when you get to like that level, it's like every minor tweak, like makes the biggest difference. Mm. Um, so maybe, maybe there's that, like I did train with like friends in Australia and like the Netherlands. And I noticed like they have like technology and equipment and like underwater footage and analyze it with software, like once, at least once a week. And like, I've never done that. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) In the U S. So So wait, the sweet Australia and the Netherlands, is this technology that they're using unavailable to the United States or is the, is the United Mm. States not that technically sophisticated for swimming? I think, um, so we, I guess, well, what they were using, I guess, was like kind of my first time seeing that. But I do know that like the U, like that technology does exist in the U.S., but it's only at like the Olympic Training Center mostly. Like individual teams themselves don't really use it too often, at least mm. not to my knowledge. Um, but I think that definitely does make a huge difference. Interesting, because Interesting. It, it, like with football and like most other sports and like water polo, like I, I see my friends talking about uh, for, on the Stanford water polo team, like having video review, like once a week, like you need to be able to see what you're doing from like right. a third party perspective, because you can only like get, you can only like feel so much like when you're in your head. 
Um, sometimes you just need to see like on video, like what your, what your body is doing. Cause it's probably different than what you think you're doing. Um, sure. and that's just like not done enough in swimming. Interesting. I have another swimming related question. I like to think of you as like a professor of swimming, <laughs> like, you know, everything, <laughs> but why are swimmers hairless? Like, why do they always shave their legs and just like, yeah, most of the everything? time, um, well, the chlorine plays, that's why all swimmers like don't have eyebrows. <laughs> what, okay. really? Like the chlorine burns it off or like bleaches it. Ah. Um, yeah. Well, your eyebrows are great. I must say they're very Thank thick. Thank you. They've, they've grown back. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's insane. I had no idea. And that's why like guys are mostly like hairless, like on their chest and stuff. Um, but there are like, people still have like leg hair and arm hair and stuff, but they'll like make sure that they won't shave until it's like a major meet. Cause they want to feel that difference of like being shaven and just like having absolutely cool. no drag. Um, but yeah, I would say like, uh, swimmers are probably like on average, like more hairless than any other than most sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a game if you guys want to play. Heck oh, yeah. Let's play. Okay. I came up with a game called Sink or Swim. It's uh, basically like swim-related facts. And if you think they're true, you say swim. But if you think it's false, you say sink. Okay, cool. So, what, Who answers first? So, um, the JPJ answer? Is this, like a, is this a competition or is this just for Leah? Let's say it's a competition and there's no prize. The prize is uh, this episode getting published on time. Are you- I get to brag that I beat Leah Neal. Yeah, you beat an Olympic swimmer. <laughs> Are you sure you want to subject yourself to this, Leah? I, if that happens, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Let's go. free divers can hold their breath for more than 10 minutes. Swim. Yeah, swim. You both is it are seven correct. Minutes? Is, it se- is it seven minutes? What? No, it's 10, you guys. You were right originally. Don't doubt yourself. Okay. Leah, how long Leah, how long can you hold your breath in the pool for? Um like while swimming. I think the most I've ever done was a uh 50 no breath. Oh wow. 50 seconds? Or, sorry, or like 50. 50. Oh, yeah, I mean that's Wow, like that's in really... competing too, like you're that's terrifying. And the 50 free, like wow. you're one or no breaths. No way. That's <laughs> I really hate wild. putting my head underwater. Like I get so scared. <laughs> I'm very scared of pools. And the last episode we talked to a pilot, and I'm also scared of planes. So I think you're just <laughs> choosing guests like that are my biggest fears. Yeah, maybe this is uh, an intervention for you, this whole podcast. Yeah, yeah. this is CBT therapy. Thank you, JPJ. <laughs> the universe is calling you to embrace your fears, Devin. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, the next question is swimmers sweat in the pool. Swim. Swim. I genuinely did not know that until today. <laughs> it's impossible. So you guys, you, you, you're sweating, but you're in the water. But yeah. your body is generating, does, but you brought you, through movement, your body is generating heat and it, it has to escape somehow. Does, your, your, your body is a greater temperature than the water, right? And like, as your body generates heat, it, there has to be some means for it to escape, right? Yeah. So you guys are swimming in pee, you're swimming in sweat. <laughs> <laughs> but the chlorine the makes <laughs> the chlorine makes it totally okay. Yeah, that's you why can, the chlorine needs to be so strong that it burns the eyebrows. You can, yeah. you can drink that water because of the chlorine. <laughs> oh god. Um, okay. The world's oldest international swimmer is 90 years old. Swim. Mm sink probably older than that yeah it's sink awesome and she was a hundred so wow that could be you one day <laughs> if you're if you're not pruny by then you could still be <laughs> yeah. swimming do you still swim every day leah uh no i'm taking a break <laughs> nice nice are you avoiding sure. pools in general like can you sit in them for fun or are you just like don't put me near a pool it's it's actually always like very surreal if I ever find myself just like hanging out by a pool. Cause I'm just not like every time I'm at a pool, it's always like for a workout. Practice. So yeah, it's 
it's just like uh, reframing like my way of thinking now. Whoa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you just go to the pool now with friends and like bring some sparkling water and like chill? Or are you like, <laughs> I have to do laps? <laughs> <laughs> I can't even think of the last time uh, I went to the pool with friends. It's just like, wait, where are you? You don't have a California? Yeah, I'm in California. I'm in, I'm in okay. Maryland. Okay, Wait, yeah. Leah, you, you don't ever pretend you're a mermaid in the water like or like a fish? <laughs> uh, that doesn't happen? It's it's so weird. I just like don't, I don't know how to relax <laughs> in a pool or it. by a pool. Like I, it's really like a learning curve that I need to um, get over now. But when I do, when I am just like hang out in the very like rare occasions I have been able to, like it's super nice. Like I understand why people do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have one last question. Mm-hmm. And it's women weren't allowed to compete in the Olympics until 1940. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know this, you're not a feminist. <laughs> <laughs> because you said that, I'm going to say swim. I'm trying to think uh, when women... Or was it la- I feel like it may have been, it may have been even later. You're definitely no. closer than JPJ. <laughs> okay, oh, so, so it was, was... I think it was... was it no, it was later. That? It was late. I think it happened later. 40 is too okay, early. Okay, so I... Well, 40 seems too early. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's still going. <laughs> uh, no, the answer is 1912. Oh, what? Which, yeah, that you know, surprised me and made me happy. I definitely could awesome. see it being like the 60s, which would be sad, but... Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> but 1912. So interesting. One yeah. good thing in history was that and, women could compete. Well, awesome. And and Devin, we're speaking with an Olympian who also made history. Leah, you were yes. the <laughs> second African American woman to ever qualify for the United States swim team. That's correct, right? Yeah. Is there a reason for like a smaller percentage of African-Americans making the swim team? Yeah, I think it just um, all boils down to like accessibility and then like even further down to like Jim Crow laws and just like slavery. (laughs) Um, It's definitely been like embedded within history and like you see the um, like the ripple effect that it's had, which is, which also includes just like me in 2012 being only like the second African-American woman to represent the U S um, in swimming in an, uh, Olympic or yeah, swimming in the Olympics. So, um, it's a lot of like catching up to do for sure. Uh, and a mm. lot of work to be done, but, um, I don't know. I joked with my friend, she just made this past Olympics, uh, Natalie Hines, and she became, uh, okay, one, two, three, the fourth, I guess, like African American woman to swim for the U.S. in the Olympics, and like it, mm. it's kind of like a dark joke, but there's like some light to it. Like now, if you're African American, you get into the sport of swimming, like your chances of making the Olympics are pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. It's good to see that like there's progress being made um for sure but yeah when it comes down to it like the numbers um it's just because of like the lack of accessibility and just how there aren't the yeah like very many pools and like predominantly Mm. like black areas um Mm. that's why everyone i'm like from brooklyn um so everyone's like super surprised that like i'm an olympian and i grew up in brooklyn because there are no like olympic size pools here i had to i swam in manhattan um on my team so is that like a 50 minute drive or like a train yeah if there's traffic like 45 minutes yeah i know i thank my mom every day Uh, oh was she like a stage mom or like a swim mom yeah yeah so like my chauffeur But Leah, I understand that you yourself are taking steps to improve accessibility for swimming uh, to these underrepresented communities. And I understand you created a YouTube channel. And I, can you tell us exactly what you're doing to open up accessibility to the underrepresented group within the swim community? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Uh, so it was Swimmers for Change. And 
I've always done things of like giving back and like, um, especially within urban communities and uh, just like being from Brooklyn and doing that whenever I can. Um, but Stories for Change more specifically was like uh, started during the pandemic, like in response to like George Floyd uh, and like basically the civil rights movement of 2020, um, just because like our ne- like national governing body, USA Swimming, hadn't been saying very much on the topic. And I didn't want that to shine a light on how like the swimmers ourselves like felt about what was going on. So um, mm-hmm. myself and my teammate friend, Jacob Pebbly, we uh, started Service for Change, which ended up being like this two week long um series of webinars where like I cold called like a bunch of my like national team, Paralympic, Olympic teammates, friends, Mm. um, to ask them if they would come on and just like literally just, um, host webinars like together in like groups of three or four on a topic of their choosing, um, in order to raise awareness for like what was going on and uh, also raise money for charities that were supporting um, like anti-racism like efforts. And um, yeah, so that was like more of a, like it was birthed as a response to like what was going on and like a void of um, conversation at the time. But um, basically it was super special to see these swimmers like go even like above and beyond and just feel so emotionally like, like tied to what was going on um, and provide that platform for them. Because like, if it wasn't done, then like we wouldn't have known that people felt this way. And I think that's really like, it's a really dangerous line to walk because like you don't want anyone to feel excluded, especially within swimming, which is already like a predominantly right. like white sport. Um, so right. it's just super cool to be able to have these people be like show their allyship and um, give back or yeah, give back to those charities. So That's now like cool. um, trying to like working on making it an actual 501c3 to increase like to help with accessibility and empowerment uh, for uh, minority communities. That's incredible. incredible. You can support this movement and organization at swimmers for change. Yeah. Swimmers for change.org where you can like watch all of the past webinar series. Um, Yeah. Still like working on building it to make it an actual like official uh, 501c3. Um, but yeah, if you want to learn more about like what we did back then, um, yeah, everything is up on the website. That's awesome. Congratulations on your outstanding work uh, to building your community, Leah. That's very admirable. Thank and, you. Thank you. And I, I, I wanted to bring up uh, another thing because I thought this was the, one of the most interesting clips I've ever seen. And it was an Instagram post that you did. You were, I don't know how old you were, but you were just a young kid. <laughs> I mean, you were like 10 or something. And there was an interview asking you, well, what, you know, what is your dream? And you said, and you said, um, you said, hopefully to go to the Olympics and <laughs> maybe win a medal. And what is that like as a as a as a decorated Olympian looking back at that clip, having accomplished everything that you dreamed of doing at such a young age? What what describe to us that feeling? Yeah, I'm so glad that like that video exists. Um, it was really special to look back on, and that was a video I used in my retirement announcement. And like, oh, I wasn't yeah. thinking to. I didn't like, I was very happy retiring, (laughs) like like very happy, but in, um, like publishing it like onto my Instagram, like making it like making that official announcement, like a wave of emotion just like came over me. Um, just like made it like very real. I was like, this is officially like closing a very like big chapter in my life um that has like really formed me into the person that I am today so it's really cool to see like where I was towards the beginning of it in that um interview um and see like you said like the 
the just like trajectory that I had been on and just like looking back on my whole career. You would, you'd accomplished more than what you dreamed of as a (laughs) kid. I mean, that just has to be like, I mean, do do, do you feel like, yes, I did it. I can walk away and just be satisfied with my career. I I don't know if I'll ever have that moment in my life. Just (laughs) what, like, what, what just, can you just go a little bit deeper on that? Yeah. Um, what you said something like towards the end of that, that like sparked something where I told, I just forgot what you said. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. No, no, you, 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 you accomplished more than what you said that you hoped you dreamed of when you were a kid, when you were 10, you said, yeah, I hope maybe get a medal. You got two. Mm-hmm. You, went to, you were an Olympic, you were an Olympian twice. You competed in three Olympic trials. You had accomplished more than what you had, what you had dreamed of as a 10 year old. Like, was that yeah. just, I, I mean, just, do, do you feel satisfied with your career? Yeah, it's definitely really special to look back on and be reminded of. Um, Cause when you, and I saw like a TikTok of this like recently and I shared it. It was like, um, like me making breakfast, just realizing that I'm living the life that I wanted to have, like when I was 10. Um, and I think, that very much like applies to the situation. Like when you're in the thick of things, like you're not really appreciative of like the progress that you've made so far. You're just constantly looking forward. And I think that was like a lot of my career, just constantly like barely really recognizing like what I had already done and just like looking forward, like, okay, like what else can I accomplish? What else? Um, But it's nice to, I mean, uh, hopefully like people realize this, like while they're in the sport, like earlier than like reaching the end of their careers, but it was nice to look back on that video and truly see, like I had done like what, what, like, as you said, like, I think you put it like pretty well, like done even more than I could have imagined. Um, because I just, I got like really wrapped up in it when I was competing, um, not really, celebrating like my victories um and just constantly feeling like I had more to do like um so yeah it was a nice reminder to have um just to after the the end of my career just being like okay yeah wait actually I did what I sought out to do so yeah like I can just like dust my <laughs> oh hands my off gosh. there <laughs> what a what a what a cool moment to go back and look at and just what a gosh I, I'm so happy for you mm-hmm. to, to have that moment I feel like so few people are ever able to just have a moment like that where they can just look back and go yes I said I want I said that I, that I dreamt of doing that and I did more than what I expected of myself outstanding yeah, like Leah. me unknowingly manifesting at the age of 10 <laughs> yeah. and now yeah. you're gonna be on the bachelor but this was such a good interview i'm gonna say what everyone's thinking and you are so cool and oh, this was such an you. honor to talk to you thank you it'd be so uh, cool to like see you guys in person oh, we can manifest sure. it Putting that yeah. into the universe. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Le- Leah, we'll certainly have to meet up, but it was more than an honor and a privilege yeah. uh, to have gained uh, some wisdom from you. So, Leah, thank you for sharing your journey with us. It was thank you for having me. This was so fun. Like, I just, I feel like the conversation flowed so easily. We're basically best friends, all of us. What an impressive individual. My gosh. I learned so much from Leah, and she's such a dynamic person. She is so cool and down to earth, even though she's literally an Olympic medalist. No ego. None. Yeah. She just I felt like I was talking to my best friend, and I've never talked to her in my life before. I know so- she wants to be on The Bachelorette, but I want to date her. <laughs> I know, yeah. and I was already on that, and I have a girlfriend right now. Sorry, Katie. <laughs> you know how it is. She gave some great advice. She was like literally like a freaking older sister. Yeah, we were definitely privileged to have gained some insight from her, and you can we can only imagine the good that she's going to do for her community as well. So it was really an honor, and a privilege. I know I sound like a broken record, but there's just no other way to describe it. It was just such a delight to have talked to her and we really hope that you guys enjoyed this conversation that we had with the great 
and powerful Leonil. And make sure you guys stay tuned in for next week's episode because we'll be having a very interesting conversation with a relationship coach. Jibba Jabba with JPJ! Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.